Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Super Bowl is over, but you can still go to betonline.ag for the best and only place to lock in your bets. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. With March Madness and baseball upon us, now's the time. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. All right, folks, this is uh, Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law. This is episode six of season three, and it is Monday, February 8th, 2021. Always appreciate you being with us. We have a very special show for you today uh, on a very interesting topic. Obviously, the Super Bowl was yesterday, but uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about baseball and particularly the prospect of sort of maybe a new frontier in baseball. And I think this is something that has gone overlooked when we're talking about name, image, and likeness. And actually our uh, guest last week, Casey Schwab with Altia Sports Partners, uh, which is a company that's, um, you know, really getting into the name, image, and likeness business with particular focus to the university level and working with universities, uh, which uh, in a sort of model that's been put out there that would allow uh, universities to really uh, help to manage some of these students' careers with regard to name, image, and likeness, or at least help to advise on that process. But Casey was a great guest last week. And, and so we're going down a similar path, and, but we're focusing a little bit more on a particular sport uh, what's obviously being baseball, particularly uh, Major League Baseball, and then obviously the minor leagues and the um, NCAA, particularly uh, teams or universities uh, within the NCAA that uh, that have baseball teams. So I think when we're looking at this, um, we sort of have to take a step back and, and sort of look at, um, you know, the sort of the baseball landscape, right? And, and looking at to sort of see what's happened uh, basically over the last year. Um, so going back into 2020, seeing uh, how things have, have, have played out, right? And so I think the first thing to, uh, to notice is that the, the baseball landscape has indeed changed. There's no doubt about that. And the big thing that's happened is that there's been a contraction uh, within minor league baseball. So there was essentially, to kind of recap, Major League Baseball decided to, um, I guess really uh, from a franchise standpoint, began to look at some of the other sports, you know, NBA, um, not NFL so much, but I would say uh, the NBA, uh, MLS, NHL, where you're looking at franchise valuations, but also more than that, uh, a larger control over the minor league system and particularly how players get into major league baseball. And is it through minor leagues or is it through college? And for the most part, it's been 
um, you know, you might have players that get drafted out of high school or out of college, but it's always through the minor league system. And I think clubs have looked at a way to, okay, well, how can we uh, make the process to getting these, you know, prospects into this, into the team, you know, more quickly uh, and to do it more efficiently and to have a little more control. And so what major league baseball did was they contracted minor league baseball, meaning they got rid of, I think it was 40 something teams and, they took over some other independent clubs, which you might, uh, we might have referred to as non-affiliated clubs, independent leagues. And uh, they brought some of those folks in. And of course, some of the major league clubs are now beginning to look at purchasing and owning uh, to a larger extent, some of these minor league clubs where usually these were done through professional, professional development licenses or PDLs, where you have you know, this is why every off season or every two years or every three years, whatever it was, I think it's every two, they would, uh, these major league clubs would go out and essentially, you know, sign up new minor league teams. And this is why sometimes like I'll use the Dodgers as an example, just because they're the local team here in LA is, you know, you might say, okay, well, one year it's Oklahoma city and maybe next year or two years later, it's the Chattanooga lookouts or something. Right. So, it's, it's one of those things where uh, it changes over time. And I think actually the proper thing with the, with the Dodgers was, I think it was Chattanooga and then eventually became Tulsa. And I imagine the, the prospect there was let's have Tulsa, which is in Oklahoma, which is also where the Oklahoma city uh, team is, which is the triple a uh, versus double a. So it was sort of maybe just from a, an efficiency standpoint, it made more sense. Right. But that was usually the case. But of course, when you, take a minor league structure and you make it smaller, uh, that means that there is going to be um, less teams to sort of house or hold those roster players. Now, not only that, but Major League Baseball also went from 40 rounds to 20 rounds of draft. So that means obviously less players are going to be drafted. And uh, there was also a recent annou announcement by Major League Baseball that they were uh, going to do um, somewhat of a combine similar to the NFL. And of course, all of these things are to sort of look towards the future as to make baseball a more marketable and a more consumable product, right? You know, a few year, or a, a few weeks ago, I was going to say a few years ago, but a few weeks ago, we talked about industry growth needs engagement and a historical perspective. And one of the big things about um, sort of uh, industry growth, particularly in entertainment media sports, is that, uh, you know, you can look to history to see what's worked, right? And of course, when you're talking about consuming content, uh, the big networks, the big streamers have always looked to having at least three major content pieces uh, when they're looking to make their product more consumable. And one of those pieces of content is sports. And so if you can make sports more consumable and more easily accessible or exclusive to your platform, uh, that obviously provides for more eyeballs to that, right? So it's something to keep in mind. And, and it really goes to, as we've seen with, with Major League Baseball, they've, we now have, I think it's 40 something less minor league teams. We have 20 less uh, rounds for 
the draft for the, for the major league draft every June, what happens? Well, of course, those players have to go somewhere, right? Because the talent level is not getting less. Uh, arguably, maybe the talent level is actually getting higher, uh, especially as you uh, look overseas and you look towards the, the model of what really every professional league uh, is doing in the United States, and that's growing internationally. It's, it's no surprise the NFL plays games in Mexico City and in London, and uh, Major League Baseball has continued its ties to Korean Baseball League and the Japanese Baseball League, the Chinese Baseball League, and uh, in Australia to the point where Major League Baseball actually owns the Australian Baseball League. So and it's a fact that not a lot of people know, but, uh, and obviously MLS isn't, you know, soccer is an international game as it is there is definitely a growth uh, where it goes internationally. So again, the talent level is going up. So if you have a 25-man roster of a baseball team, where do these players go if there's less minor league teams and there's less uh, rounds in the draft? And uh, the answer is college baseball. You know, unless these uh, athletes can be going to play overseas, college baseball is the, is the really the, the answer to this. And of course in combination of this, what's going back to my point earlier about name, image, and likeness is this idea that as name, image, and likeness becomes available in the coming years, uh, even in some states, it's going to be later this year, I think in July 1st uh, for uh, a couple different states. Um, and obviously this is dependent on the Supreme Court case uh, that's going to be heard. And uh, it was also recently announced that um, uh, President Joe Biden is appointing the former head of the National Labor Relations Board, who was the same individual who uh, classified um, NCAA student athletes as employees. And then that, uh, that matter ended up not occurring uh, through uh, some legal challenges and uh, some appeals. But again, so we're, we're going to see some changing landscape here. But my main point is that when you have minor league baseball contracting in terms of minor league teams available, you have less rounds available to draft these players. Uh, these high school athletes are going to go into college. And of course, now they're going to have this opportunity uh, to make profit or make name um, money off their name, image, and likeness. So uh, I think these are all good things. I think it's, it's, you know, anytime you have a business, you have to change to adapt, right? You have to change to, uh, sort of see how, um, you know, really that uh, uh, you have to make yourself more marketable, more consumable, right, to the consumer. And this is actually something that um, Theo Epstein, the former executive with the Boston Red Sox and the Chicago Cubs, and now he's in the front office of, um, you know, Major League Baseball, is uh, this idea of sort of you know, making the game more fun, right? Uh, obviously, recently Trevor Bauer just signed with the Dodgers, and and this was a big deal, uh, namely in for 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 a couple really big reasons, and one was the fact that it was the highest annual value uh, for a contract at forty and forty five million for the first two years, and it's only really a um, it's only really a two year deal because you know it's unlikely the Bauer is going to opt out after the first year especially if he's in line to make 45 million, particularly if, um, you know, he doesn't have such a great first year for the Dodgers, but we'll see. I think signs are pointing to the fact that he'll have a good year 
And um, it provides an opportunity, I think, in contracts in that way to, a little side note, provides an opportunity to, instead of going length of contract, you go in height, meaning that you go higher in salary versus uh, length, uh, which I think most teams would appreciate, particularly um, big market teams that are normally shelling out you know, uh, $100 million, $200 million, $300 million contracts over a long period of time, particularly like the, you know, the 10-year, $300-plus million contract that Mookie Betts signed. But I think, again, going back to Trevor Bauer, two big things that came out of that were, one was the size of the contract, but the second thing, which goes back to this point of name, image, and likeness and growing the game and making it more consumable in baseball is Trevor Bauer is a content creator. He's a guy who did a, uh, you know, a video vlog uh, for his time with the Cincinnati Reds last year. He's a guy that's constantly on social media. You know, he used YouTube to uh, announce his signing with the Dodgers. And he's really, I think, creating a path for future athletes, but uh, maybe also an encouragement to other stars in the league uh, that um, have, have even more notoriety to really open up more it's kind of like um, Bryce Harper's old line, you know, make baseball fun again, right? And so we'll see how that goes. Now, of course, uh, tied to all this is um, there's really some, some ties to Hollywood in this sense, and not only for the content piece, but also for um, the growth of packaging. So what do I mean by that? Well, there's been this uh, recent move in Hollywood, particularly by CAA, WME, ICM, and UTA, which are the big four Hollywood talent agencies, to all make plays in major investments or partnerships into the sports industry. And they're doing this by signing athletic stars or uh, really purchasing or partnering up with other sports agencies who represent sports talent. Now, why is this happening? Well, ultimately, uh, the market is changing. Uh, just like minor league baseball contracting and, and uh, you know, with less rounds and less teams and looking more to the college ranks and obviously the, the prospect of name, image, and likeness. Well, of course, talent agencies are, are ripe uh, to uh, take advantage of that situation. They already have the talent. And as the packaging, um, you know, much like uh, the, now, of course, let me back up a little bit. So packaging is this term that it's the practice of talent agents and agencies bringing together um, other actors, producers, or director, uh, a writer uh, to a studio, and they sell it as a package, and then the talent agent would take a percentage of the deal. Now, of course, it was announced um, over the weekend, I think late Friday night, uh, that uh, WME, which is one of the major Hollywood agencies, actually signed a deal with the WGA, the Writers Guild, uh, to be the final big agency to end um, the really uh, long-lasting battle between WGA and uh, the talent agencies over packaging. And so that practice is being getting rid of. So there's no longer going to be that practice. I think there's a, a two-year um, two period where it's going to be phased out. But when I say packaging, what I'm saying is, is that this idea of having more talent under one roof makes it more marketable to teams or to content distributors or to streamers or what have you, networks. And so when you're able to have talent under the same roof, whether it be sports or entertainment, actors or athletes, this provides a great opportunity for these talent agencies. So it, 
makes sense that they would be investing into uh, sports stars, particularly as NCAA NIL opportunities become available, because you could clearly see an opportunity where you take a CAA or a WME agent and you have them set up with another actor or what have you. Now, they're not going to be able to make the packaging fees, but it doesn't reduce the opportunity for packaging. It, it clearly actually makes more opportunity to make some money for uh, for the talent and for the agents. It's just a matter of what's disclosed and what's allowable according to union rules. You know, if you're a signatory to um, the union agreements, right? So it this is, we really live in an interesting time in the sense that, um, um, you know, I don't think nothing's changed in terms of content as king and distribution as queen and she wears the pants, right? As the Jonathan Perelman line goes, but it provides, uh, baseball is, is really, I think, on a new frontier. And I think the new frontier is there's going to be growth in NCAA baseball. And which is um, a thing that we haven't talked about. Obviously, this is great for the student athletes because they can profit off their name, image, and likeness. And it provides more opportunities for NCAA baseball. But the thing that we're not talking about is that it provides more opportunities for uh, brand partnership deals for universities with the NCAA. Um, it provides more opportunities for talent to go. And where talent goes, television dollars go, right? So um, where currently the NCAA is big, you know, sort of postseason playoff uh, tournament is March Madness. And of course, the college football playoff has nothing to do with the NCAA in terms of money. It's a completely separate entity. Uh, but, you know, maybe we see uh, the college baseball World Series and uh, the tournament um, uh, gaining more television dollars as those negotiation points come up, because clearly that talent's going to be there. And, um, you know, and of course, with NIL opportunities, it presents, it's the old Billy Bean Moneyball um, uh, sort of prospect where in that movie Moneyball, it was played by Brad Pitt, um, or he played uh, Billy Bean, the Oakland A's executive. It's interesting because it's a situation where there's a particular part in that story where Billy Bean was a high draft prospect and he's meeting in his, I think his kitchen or his family room as a, as a he sort of has like a flashback uh, with his parents and with a Met scout and the Met scout, you know, is basically like, you know, you have a choice, you can go to college at Stanford on a full ride, or you're going to, you know, get drafted by us. Well, he chose to get drafted. And of course it ended up not working out for him. Now imagine when that, that sort of high school graduate, or soon to be high school graduate has a choice between I want to go to Stanford and make money off name, image, and likeness, or I can go get drafted and, uh, you know, play in minor league baseball. So I think uh, ultimately uh, it's, it's, it provides a better choice. And I think it provides more opportunities and uh, has the prospect to be baseball's new frontier. And that new frontier is NCAA baseball in the sense that there's going to be more opportunities through name, image, and likeness, and with the um, contraction of Major League Baseball, both in terms of minor league teams and in terms of the rounds going from 40 to 20. And I think one other point that I would add here is that Major League Baseball is now going to be in a great spot, particularly on the club level with the franchises. You know, if you're going to a situation where you say, I want to sell a team and you're the owner of a team, well, if you're selling that team, and that team is not just a major league club, but it's maybe two to three to four 
minor league clubs and those stadiums. And there's some beautiful minor league stadiums out there with really big fan bases, particularly in areas where there's not a major league team nearby or whether the team has some level of success. So again, I think it's baseball's new frontier. You know, um, I've been wrong before, but I think there's going to be a great opportunity here uh, for NCAA baseball and college athletes who decide to go the college route. So again, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law. Always appreciate you, uh, you uh, listening in and look forward to uh, being back with you uh, next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.